Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. I want to be the first one to say it to you. Yeah. Take your booze with you to home. I'm so glad that we're ready. We're decked out. We're ready for Christmas here, ready to celebrate Jesus and his birth. Really, um, whether you're watching or here online, we, we, I love that we get to celebrate Jesus every single Sunday. Come on, everybody. Like, we get to do that every single Sunday. I don't care what you come in with. I don't care what life is going on. We get to come in here, and, and we get to give everything to a God who knows us, loves us, and gave us his son for us, and that he is here. He is good. Jesus saves, and he gives us what we need. Come on, somebody. Let's praise God for that right now and be reminded about that. We need to let Jesus know a little bit harder than that. I'll work on that over the next couple of weeks for you, okay? So, uh, but I'm just glad to be here today. So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Go ahead and get them out and uh, open them up to Hebrews chapter 11. We're gonna be in the book of Hebrews today. And today, uh, if, if you've been here for a little bit, we are wrapping up today part four of our year-long journey in God's story. Uh, and I hope today, I really hope today is an encouraging message uh, about our faith today. Uh, I think it will be. Uh, and then uh, after today, over the next two weeks, uh, we're gonna be in part five, just a little short section, which we are calling the next chapter uh, where we're going to be looking at what God has to say about the end times and the second coming of Christ and Armageddon and the Antichrist and the book of, of Revelation and all that good stuff. We're, we're going to have uh, seven churches mentioned, four beasts bowing, three plagues a-killing, two prophets preaching. In a partridge, in a pear tree. Okay, uh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so our aim this Christmas is to literally scare hell right out of you, okay? So, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Don't end up in the lake of fire. It's a can't miss Christmas extravaganza, okay? I'm so glad. It'll be our most attended Sundays, I guarantee it, okay? So, but, okay, but you will, you will be pleased to know uh, that we'll wrap that up on December 17th. So that's gonna be two weeks. And then on December 24th, we have an awesome Christmas Eve service planned for you. Again, I just wanna show this to you one more time. So our Christmas services are gonna be on Sunday. We're not gonna have any morning services that day. Uh, the only service we're gonna have is three, five, and seven on the 24th. And so, man, plan on coming. Uh, invite your friends, invite your neighbors and family. It's gonna be a great place to be to celebrate Jesus. And, and again, Jesus doesn't tell us to remember his birth, but his, his life, death, and resurrection. So we're gonna do all of that on Christmas Eve. So I hope you join us uh, on one of those service times. Uh, okay, let's get to it. I really am looking forward to God's message to us today. And, and I, because I think what we're gonna talk about today is such an important thing uh, and to hear if you're a follower of Jesus. And I just think it's a great way to wrap up what we've been talking about over the last couple months. Because what we've been talking about over the last couple months is the Christian life. And the call to live out the salvation we have through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And, and so really uh, what we've been talking about uh, is just how to live faithful lives for Jesus. But what we've also been seeing is this, is that, is that the Christian life, just living that out, it's gonna look different. You notice that? It's just, it just looks different. That's what faith should do. That as a follower of Jesus, that, that my faith will, will cause me and cause my life to, to be lived differently and look different in this culture. And so honestly, everybody, it's why my finances don't make sense to the outside world if they saw the finances in my family. It's why my language and my speech and it look different than, than the outside world. It's why my forgiveness and, and my love and, and how I treat my enemies will, will not make sense to this outside world. 
Even my attitude in traffic situations will look different, okay, in this world. It won't make sense. I actually seriously believe this. I really believe this. I believe that if I could be kind and courteous in every single traffic situation, then I've arrived. I'm just like Jesus, okay, okay, I just believe that. And I think God causes traffic in my life to prove to me that I'm still a work in progress. Anybody with me on that? It's just, it happens too often to be a coinkydink, okay? I'm just saying, God's like, ah, like you're not there yet. And so, in fact, this happened the other day. during our Thanksgiving break, we, we had uh, Thanksgiving with our home group. And so we decided we wanted to order hot, fresh hot rolls to bring. And I love fresh hot rolls. So we went to go pick them up and they weren't ready. They weren't ready. So and we had to wait an inordinate amount of time to get these rolls. And I'm like, it was one of those things where I'm like, do I wait or, or do, do I not? And, and I waited because you can't pass up hot, fresh rolls, right? So took forever, got back in the car. We're a little bit behind now. We get back in the car, start heading towards the party, which is in the other direction. We get on Taze Valley Road and and I kid you not, there, and it's awesome because there's nobody on Taze Valley Road except for one vehicle in front of me going 20 miles an hour, okay? And I'm like, really? And my, my wife and my kids are my witness. I looked at them, I said, God is having a rib at me. He is laughing at me right now. And, and, and so I believe, I really do believe that he does that for a reason. He does it for a purpose to prove that I'm always a work in progress. But, but this is what faith should be doing, right? That we should live different, that we should look different. That, and, and our playing field is not in here, but it's out there. That our race is out there to be lived around people who, who, who don't know and, and who we want to prove. That, and for us who have been rescued and redeemed by God through Jesus. And so with that said today, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our goal. What is the goal of our faith? What is the finish line? I, I take a look at things like what Paul said. This is where I want to start. Paul said something about this. He, he said, here's my target. This is, this is my finish line. This is what he said to his friend Timothy uh, at the end of his letter. He said, I want to be able to say that I fought the good fight, that, that I finished the race, and that I've kept the faith. And I mean, isn't, isn't that what we all want to say, gang? I know that's what I want to be able to say, that I fought and I kept the faith that I've lived this one and only life out when I had the opportunity to do it. So, so that's what we're gonna look at today. We're just gonna look at how we keep the faith so that we can say, man, I finished strong. I kept the faith. And, and because here's the thing, here's the thing. It's not always gonna be easy to live different, right? And to live for God in this world. Our faith's gonna be tested. It's gonna get pushed. We're gonna come up against things. And there, uh, there's always gonna be bozos in traffic of our faith. You know what I'm saying, everybody? Like that's gonna happen. But, but here's the good news. The good news today is that God wants to encourage us all in our faith, whatever measure we have of it. And he wants us to see some things when it comes to our faith and keeping up the fight and finishing the race strong. Anybody interested in that today? Come on, somebody. Like, let's come on, let's finish the race strong. Anybody interested in that today? Come on, somebody. Let's say, let's finish the faith race Merry Christmas. Okay, here we go. All right, let's start out by looking at what faith is. Hebrews 11 does a great job of laying that out. I'm gonna wake somebody up today, okay? Hebrews 11, verse one, here's what he says. It says, the writer says, faith is the confidence that we hope for for what will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Um, Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at some uh, different definitions, some descriptions of faith. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and get those out of there. Uh, And we're gonna look, here's the first one that I see. It's this, is that faith believes even when I don't see it. That's the first description here of faith. And there's a lot more descriptions in the Bible, but I'm just gonna look here at what Hebrews 11 says, but it's believing when I don't see it. And so I just feel like I wanna ask some of you today that if you take right now, like whatever you are going through, 
Like whatever your faith is being challenged in, do you right now believe in advance that God is with you, that God is for you, that that he is here, that he will answer and that all things are possible with God because that's what faith does. Faith believes even when I don't see it, even when I don't see the finish line. You know, I've heard people say this about their faith. I've heard people say, man, I I have a hard time having confidence in something I can't see, Andy. Like, that's just not who I am. That's just not the kind of person that I am. I'm a seeing is believing kind of person. But, but what we gotta check out, gang, is that God's like, no, 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 you got it all backwards. You guys, it's not seeing is believing. It's believing, it's through believing that, that will get you to see. It's gonna wake up your spiritual blindness. And so faith believes even when I don't see. Here's the next one, and it's in verse six, if you wanna drop down. He says, and, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so here's the second description of faith is faith is what God responds to. Faith is what God responds to. And so it says that God is pleased, that that God is moved in in one thing and it's your faith. That's what he's moved, not by the do's and don'ts, not by coming here to church, it's by your faith. And, And I want to say this is really good news because I think a lot of people do wonder, if you're ever wondering, trying to figure out, hey, what pleases God? What, what makes God happy? And it just said that this is what moves the heart of God, this is your faith. And maybe you're thinking, well, well, how much faith does it take, right? How much does it take to actually make God happy? Because I don't know if I have enough of that faith, that kind of faith. Well, Jesus, Jesus talked about that. And I find it so encouraging because Jesus once said, hey, you know how much faith it takes? If you just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, that will cause God to move mountains in your life. I love that, what Jesus said. He says, so, so even when my faith seems small, God sees it. God sees it. And he's pleased with genuine faith in him. And even, listen to me, even the tiniest bit of faith in the almighty God is enough to move mountains in your life. Matthew 9, in Matthew 9, I love this story. There are a couple blind guys following Jesus. And they were yelling behind me, they're like, God, have mercy on us, please heal us. And here's what Jesus said to them. He turned around and said this, hey, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yeah, yeah, we replied. And then here's what happened. He touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Listen to me, I wanna encourage you in this. Wherever you feel like your faith is, if you have any faith in God, you have what you need to move the heart of God and to please your heavenly father. Just something we should know, something we should remember about our faith. Just one more description. Here's the last one that I wanna see. And it's this, is that faith can endure. Faith can persevere. When you look uh, back, and I encourage you to go back and read all of Hebrews 11. We're gonna be in chapter 12 here in a minute, but I want you to read it if you haven't, because in Hebrews 11, uh, that chapter is actually called the Hall of Faith. So after we read what we read, uh, the, the writer starts to give us these great men and women of the Bible who we know, famous people of the Bible, and just talking about their faith and, and, and who God said, hey, these guys, the, these gals, their faith was amazing. They, they, they had faith, they did it right. But then at the end of chapter 11, when he describes all these people who had great faith and endured their whole lives, here's what he says. I just find this interesting. In verse 39, he says, these, all these folks were were all commended for their faith, yet, listen to me, none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us so so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And so the writer is saying this about these these guys and gals, that, that these big names, these heavy hitters of faith that you know in the Bible. See, they, they didn't get all of God's promises in their earthly life. That's what he's saying. You didn't miss it. We didn't read that wrong. 
But yet he's saying their faith endured. They remained faithful. Why? Why? This is so key, gang, because listen, their faith, you have to see this, their faith that is real and true, it reinforced to them on this side of eternity that there is an entirely different promise to live for. Because gang, faith tells us that God has something better, something more amazing planned for us that, that's amazingly better. And so, so those are some of the descriptions about faith that I just want us to see and look at. And here's the bottom line. This is the great news today about faith. We all have a measure of it. Isn't that good news to hear? We all have a measure. So if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have surrendered your life over to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to forgive uh, your sins and be made right with God, you have a measure of faith to give to God. And here's the even better news. God responds to faith, that he's moved by faith. And so let's talk about persevering in our faith because, man, I wanna be able to say at the end of my earthly time here, I have fought the good fight. I fought a good fight. I endured. I finished strong. My faith endured. Okay, so let's just see how, now we're moving from description, see how we can be proactive with our faith. So if you're in Hebrews 11 there on your Bibles, you're at, flip the page there, and we're going to pick this up in chapter 12. Okay, and the writer in chapter 12 is going to turn the corner. He's going to turn the corner from basically the last 11 chapters of what he was writing about and writing to. Uh, and he's going to give us marching orders here in chapter 12 after this huge buildup of the last 11 chapters. We're going to pick this up in verse 1. And so here's what he says. He goes, so therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So uh, to start on this, as we, as we read this, the one thing that, that stuck out to me really clearly is that we see here that, that the Christian life, what the writer is equating it to, is like a race. Right, that we are in a race. And so in fact, the writer is saying that in this race too, I found this really profound, is that we even have an audience of people watching us in our faith journey. That that's what he's saying. That they're watching us. They're cheering us on. They're wanting us to succeed. And the witnesses are the people who he discussed and talked about in chapter 11. So, so just for so Abraham, he's cheering you on. Isaac. Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and the list goes on of all these people of faith on top of all of the other lives that have ever lived. And he's saying that they, here's what he's saying, that they were witnesses of their own faith in God finishing strong. And now listen to me, they are now witnesses that are surrounding the stadium and rooting and cheering for you. I find that sobering, everybody. I found that really interesting to me, but that's what is happening. That's what the writer is saying. So then the writer gives us some things. He's going to give us some things to spur on our faith wherever it is and to keep our faith on the right path. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one that he gives us a charge to do. And it's this, it's that we got to get rid of the distractors to have enduring faith, right? He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So there are two things that he's mentioning it here, the, the distractions. We have hindrances, right? And then we have sins that entangle us, two things. And he says, here's what he says, that, that we have to throw those off. 
That, that, listen, everybody, that we have the active role in doing that. There is an action that we take part in to get rid of the distractions. We can't wait for God to get rid of them. We have to do that because those are the things that are taking us away from having enduring faith. And so if you want it, you gotta get rid of those. I don't know uh, why. Every time I read this, every time I read the sense of this so easily entangles, uh, I, I picture an octopus like coming after me and trying to wrap me up and squeeze the life out of me. And I, don't, I have a really big problem with sharks and octopus. Any, any sea creature, I don't know why. I have a really big problem with the ocean and it's like they could stay in there and I'll stay out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know why I have that uh, thing going on. But, but I don't think that that's what he's actually saying about these, these distractors. I don't think it's like some big fish thing. Is an octopus a fish? I don't know. It's not some big thing that is coming and trying to like wrap and swallow you up. I, I actually, here's what I think. I think that the number one killers to enduring faith are the subtle, gentle, just subductions that, uh, seductions that get us away from the goal. I think that's what it is. And what happens here is it starts out innocent, right? And, and then it just leads to the octopus that is just wrapping you up and, and, and actually squeezing it out of you. Listen, I wanna tell you something right here today with these distractions in your life. God has a call on you. Do you believe that? He has a purpose for your life. And there is nothing that is worth letting it entangle you from the call that God has on your life. I believe that it's a fight to stay on his path because here's the thing about most distractions that you're gonna find. Most distractions are not necessarily a bad thing. Come on, somebody. They're just not the best thing. And so what God is trying to tell you here is like, don't, don't lose your focus on what the best things are. And, and because the more that we get distracted, the less we're gonna see happen with God. And there's nothing that's worth compromising that. So, so I just wanna tell you that your life, right? I don't know where you think you are with God, but I'm telling you what he is wanting to tell you. Your life is too valuable. Your call is too great. And your God is too good to you to let anything get in the way and get pulled away by the things that don't matter as much. Amen, somebody? Come on, let's wake up. Come on. He wants to just, get, so I want to ask you, I want to ask you, is there a distraction right now? I just want you to think about this for real. Don't just listen to me. Is there a distraction right now that you know is just pulling you away? You have to take action. You can stop waiting for God to do it. You need to get rid of the distraction. Is there a distraction to take you away from God's plan? And then the, the second thing is, just, I don't have to spend much time on it. There are straight up sinful things that you should not be doing. All right, he's like, those are the things that really get in the way as well. And I don't, again, I don't have time to spend, but you know what they are. You know how they pull you away. You know how they grab you and weigh you down and mess up the steps of your faith. And so we just don't justify the sin that we know entangles us. We get rid of that stuff. Again, if, if we wanna say, I kept the faith, I fought the fight and I won the race of my faith. That's the first thing, we get rid of distractors. Here's the second one, is that we gotta remember it's a long race, right? Because he says, and let us run with perseverance, right? The race marked out for us. And so here's what we need to know, gang. Here's what we need to know. The Christian life is not a hundred yard dash, right? It is a marathon and marathons take endurance, endurance. I don't know if, if you've ever run in a long distance race or had anything kind of like that in your life, but here's the thing, if you've ever done, I've done quite a few. Uh, here's the great thing about marathons. Uh, the start is really easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to start. It's exciting. Your endorphins are just jacked up. Like when they shoot the gun, you're like, yeah, let's go. And people are clapping for you. It's the best. Like the start is amazing. They're pumping you up. Uh, and, and then it's, and it's awesome, right? And for a few miles, you actually, you can run a hundred miles, right? Then you get to mile five, then 10. And then by mile 15, you're like, you know, I could call an Uber and no one would know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I've gone through in my life. I've never done it. I'm just saying I, it's gone through my mind. Because here's the thing. The test isn't the beginning. 
Gang, look, the test isn't even at the end because when you can see the finish line, you can finish strong. It's in the middle. It's in the middle where, where, again, like looking at the race where you're so thirsty, but you're like, if I drink too much, I'm gonna throw up. You know what I'm saying? Like, or it's in the middle where you're like, you know, where you've done this so much, you're like, what is this burn thing happening underneath my armpits, right? Like it's in the middle that is really hard. And, and so, so here's what I wanna tell you, man. Life in our faith journey, in our faith journey, it's the same thing. And here's what I wanna tell you. You know what that middle part is called? Life, okay, that's the middle part. Somebody really clever said this once, that before birth and after death, it's pretty good. Uh, it's the middle that's a complicated part, okay? <laughs> the truth is, here's the thing. The truth is, the Christian life is never ever promised to be easy. And if you believe that, and if you think that it is, then you've not seen what Jesus says, it, what it's like to follow him. You've not really seen what the Bible has to say about that. It's not easy, okay? And it's not going after the goal if we see it like that, because life's gonna hit us. Suffering's gonna happen, right? Circumstances, loss, hardships are gonna be there. And here's the question that in that middle, like how am I gonna deal with this? It's not if it's gonna happen. It's like when these things happen, when the middle happens, here's what I wanna tell you about faith. This is why we wanna lean into faith, everybody. You know why? Faith knows the finish line. You hear what I'm saying? Without it, we won't know what the finish line is. We're gonna have a, this moving target, but I'm telling you our faith knows the finish line. And so even when I don't get what I'm praying for, even when what I'm hoping for to happen doesn't really happen right away, even when things are not so awesome, see, and when, even when God's promises sometimes seem so distant, the, the faith tells me, no, I'm not gonna turn my back on God. I'm not gonna do that because I know God is a better way. I know his plan is better and that he can help me in my loss. He could be with me in my pain, that he's got a better way to help me even when things don't make sense. I know who my God is and the God that I serve and that, and that I will have faith in him to trust him even if I don't see the change happening. Yes, yeah, so we just need to remember it's a long race. Here's a third key to enduring faith is that I've got to keep my focus on Jesus. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So the other thing about long races uh, is that it, at some point in time for everybody, uh, exhaustion kicks in right? Or a long road trip or however you want to fill in the blank. Exhaustion just kicks in, right? Like we're, uh, my family, we're going to Disney this spring. Pray for me. Uh, and we're talking, what well, we're talking about, we're talking about flying versus driving. And, and I'm all in on driving down there to save money. Uh, but I've changed my mind recently because over Thanksgiving break, uh, I was driving my family back from the Nitro Cinemas to home. And uh, in that 15 minute drive, I'm not sure my daughter took a breath between sentences, okay? I was, I was exhausted, okay? And I was like, I, so I am currently selling Christmas cookies for anybody interested to raise money for plane tickets. $100 a dozen, if anybody wants them, come sign up and I'll get a website and, and you can help us get the flight down there, okay? But uh, from time to time in our faith, Exhaustion kicks in, it's true, we, we will all veer off, it happens to everyone, but, but here's what will bring you back. This is why this one is so important. What will bring you back is what never moves. What brings you back is what never changes. And so that's the thing that we absolutely need to remember is to fix our eyes on the things that matter and fix our eyes on Jesus who never changes, who never moves, and then you just can't lose focus on that. And, and I do want you to take notice on this one because I thought about this one for a while before I put it in. It was, it was what he, the writer said, but I think sometimes we get so like, yeah, okay, like, uh, you know, I know this one. It seems like a non-issue. Fix my eyes on Jesus. Like, I'm always focused on Jesus, got it, but... The writer put that in there for a reason. He was writing to believers in Jesus, okay? Because gang, here's what I wanna tell you. We lose focus on Jesus. We lose focus on Jesus with Christmas, come on. 
We can lose focus on Jesus and he's just trying to encourage you. Just don't go past that too quickly and maybe just have a heart check every now and again. Man, it was my focus on Jesus. Come tell you when your focus is off. Bad things happen. That's when things like feelings are starting to get followed. That's when things like confusions start to come. Honestly, it is actually, this is why people leave the church over really silly things. It happens all the time. Proverbs 425 is one of my favorite things. It says, so, so let your fix, eyes fix straight ahead, right? Fix your gaze directly before you on what never changes, what never moves. That horizon will never move if it's on Jesus. You know, I think what happens with us instead of having a singular focus on Jesus, we sort of change our focus uh, with our circumstances, right? And when that happens, see, this is why this is so key. Like when that happens, see, when, when, when my point of reference changes, then my, my direction changes with it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like my direction will get mixed up, okay? And I'm telling you, for a lot of us in here, I'm gonna tell you right now, I think part of your problem with your problems is that you're focusing too much on your problems. That's what I think. But when you keep your focus on Jesus, see your marching orders never change. They never ever change. Like your, your marching orders are the same in Jesus and in grace in you with your faith, with, with your work, with your boss, with your problems, with, with your faith, with everything, with your everything. So we gotta keep our focus on Jesus, okay? That's the third. Here's our, here's our last one. And we're gonna read first. We're gonna jump down to verse seven. So he says this. This is a, this is a different one. He says, endure hardship is discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, but not true sons and daughters at all. So here's the last thing that we just need to be remembering with enduring faith is we gotta also recognize that everything's useful, that everything is useful. And so what this is saying is that your whole life matters and your whole life matters to God. He sees all of it, not just the good stuff, not just the things that you think are actually getting him to where you think they're getting. He's saying, no, your whole life matters and it's all useful and I'm gonna use every single bit of it if you let me, if you let me. Some of your deep, I just wanna tell you this because this has happened in my own life with my own circumstances, things that happened to me that I wish didn't never happen to me. And I'm telling you, some of your deepest scars are the most able to minister to people in their deepest need. Do you believe that? Because I know that that's happened in my life. So, so and, and some of those things will minister to people better than I will ever be able to. And I, because I, I need you. I need you out there to be ministering to this church of people and, and all these folks who, who are really wanting to see God. Like I'm telling you, if you see what God wants to do through those things, then I think it'll, it'll help us understand you know, why I want to endure. It'll help us understand that because there's a bigger picture in mind every time with my heavenly father. So that, listen to me. So that instead of that thing just happening, which it will. So instead of that thing just happening for no reason, God will use it for a purpose. God, through those circumstances, will make you wise. He'll make you, uh, when you go through it, you'll learn something in the process. And when you learn something, then here's what you get to do. You get to minister to somebody through that. You get to teach somebody else. And believe it or not, I'm telling you, you can help someone uh, way more than I can in certain situations. And, and, and then you, here's what happens. You don't allow that thing to go void. So many Christians allow things to go void in their lives. And God's like, I wish you would have let me work because that would have happened no matter what, but he used it in your faith journey and in others as well. So hear me, in more areas than you think, you will be the expert I will never be. 
You will, you will be the expert to, to, to be the expert to somebody else who needs something, who needs a word, who needs encouragement to find the answer and the faith that they're looking for that will help them in their journey with God. I know that I don't have to say this, but I'm gonna say it. We all go through so much, don't we? And I know some of you right now have gone through so much just this season of your life. We suffer, we, we go through things, we have trials, we have losses, we have hardships, we have things that we didn't see coming. And God doesn't want that, I'm telling you right now. And, and God doesn't cause that, but I'm here to tell you, he wants to use it. He wants to use it for your greater good and for his glory. And, and I just think so many people let those things go by without a thought. So many Christians let those things go. And I'm telling you, it's a key it's a key to having spiritual endurance in your whole life. Not just when things are going great, I'm telling you, it's a huge key. Because anybody can trust God when things are going good. Come on, right? Like anybody can persist when you see the finish line that's only a couple inches away. Anybody can believe when it's right there in front of them. But I really believe this, I'm just saying this is proof of my own life, that I really think real faith is built in the valleys of life. I believe it. Because when I look back and I see how God worked, you can't replace that. He didn't want it to happen, but oh my goodness, I saw how he lifted me up. Oh my goodness, how he, I saw how he loved me through it and how he gave me a purpose through that pain. And I'm just telling you, it's a key to having lasting faith that will endure forever, okay? And so here it is. This is the easiest thing to get, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Right now, Whatever road you're on, that's where you're gonna end up. You hear what I'm saying? Like whatever road you're on, that's where you're gonna end up. Direction is everything. And so, so I just want you to right now, I'm just gonna give us a minute. We have plenty of, wow, I got like six minutes. It's amazing. Um, it's a Christmas miracle, okay? Uh, I don't know. Okay, so anyways, I just want you to take a minute and just close your eyes. Just, just indulge me here. I want you to think about whatever path you're on. And I'm just gonna let you allow God to work through that. Whatever path you're on, you can think of your faith journey, your marriage, your consistency with God and just loving him through disciplines, whatever you wanna put on. I just want you to think about that for a minute. And now with that, to hold that in mind, keep your eyes closed. I just want you to just ask this question right now. If I continue on the path I'm currently on, is it ultimately going to get me to where I wanna be? And more importantly, where God wants me to be? Does something need to change? Does something need to change? Because whatever direction you're on, that's where you're going to end up. So eyes on me, eyes on me. So, so the good news is this, and I hope you saw this today. God's got a plan for you. He's got a path for you. He's laid it out for you in your faith journey with him. It's clearly there. And he wants you to be on that one path that says, where we can just say, man, I've, I fought the fight with whatever came my way. My faith endured. I, I'm, I'm amazed at how my faith endured in him. He's given you that. I think he's marked it out for you in seasons that were rough and in and, and times that were hard, things that were good, things that were not so good, especially in the seasons where I wanted just to throw in the towel, but my faith endured. I didn't lose sight of Jesus. So, so can I just say this today with the risk of sounding simple? Do you know that Jesus is alive today? I wanna tell you this again, and maybe you're saying, I know, I know, but I just wanna tell you this. Jesus is alive. He's risen. 
He is alive and active and he is coming again. And so remember Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, remember Jesus because he's alive. And so when you're going through suffering, remember the one who suffered and died for you. Remember Jesus Christ. That when you are weary, remember the man of sorrows who endured so much for you. Remember Jesus Christ. And remember when your tank is empty, remember the tomb is empty and the throne is taken. Come on, somebody, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus, have hope in whatever comes your way because there are people that are on the other end of life right now who have said, I, I've endured my faith. I finished the race and, and now they're watching you. They're cheering you on. They're trying to encourage you. And here's what they're trying to say right now. Keep going, keep fighting. God is trustworthy. He is able. Every promise came through. Don't give up. Keep fighting in this season. And, and when we get to that place, gang, I'm telling you, I hope this is an encouraging message today. Then, then we will get rid of the things that distract us. We'll want to. We'll get rid of that sin that's trying to entangle us. We'll focus on Jesus and we'll be able to endure faithfully with whatever comes our way. I believe that. Do you believe that today? And I, I pray that, that God has encouraged you in some way with your faith journey so that we can really have endurance at last forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your love and the fact that you have a path for us to follow when it comes to having an enduring faith, that you have answers, that you have promise, you have a purpose for us on this path of life. Thank you for Jesus who gives us that grace. It gives us sustaining grace to last through what he did for us through his death and resurrection. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the wisdom that comes as a result of that. Thank you for people who we get to have in our lives that help point us back when we're veering off, point us back when we're a little exhausted. I pray for encouragement today for somebody that maybe you can use somebody in their lives right now to lift them up and, and help them in the name of Jesus because it's all about your grace and nothing else that helps us and, and shows us what you want and, and that will cause us to endure and have hope in what so many only see darkness around this world, that we have hope and we have the light of the world, Jesus, that we get to celebrate every single day when we wake up. And I just pray that that gives us a purpose every single day in our lives. We love you, we need you, and we thank you so much for the faith that you have given us. And we pray for this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, everybody, I hope you had a great Sunday. Come back and we'll talk about the end days.